Welcome to Climate Watch, a podcast that delves deep into the pressing issue of climate change. I'm Gao Junya. Kiribati is a Pacific island nation with an average elevation of less than two meters. Reports indicate that rising sea levels due to climate change are already submerging some of the country's smaller islands. Kiribati faces the risk of submersion in the next 50 to 100 years. In today's program, we are going to unveil the vulnerabilities Kiribati is facing when it comes to climate change and uncover the strategies it's employing to forge a resilient path forward. To find out how climate change is affecting Kiribati and what the country has done to withstand the impact of climate change, I have spoken with Uratan Bauro with Taugera, Kiribati's main newspaper. First of all, Bauro, could you please introduce your country to us? Yes,、uh, Kiribati is a Pacific country. It's a small nation in the Pacific Ocean. We have approximately one hundred and twenty thousand people, and our islands are only two meters above sea level. All of the islands in the Kiribati group.、Eh? Yes. Okay. Like you said, Kiribati has an average elevation of. Two meters on the Pacific Ocean, and actually, reports are indicating that the rising sea levels due to climate change are already submerging some of your country's islands. Can you tell us more on the ground reality? And is it true that if things go on like this, Kiribati faces the risk of submersion in the next fifty to one hundred years? Yes, that's what the experts said. Yeah, but in reality, our islands are not submerged yet. But the erosion and the the waves, bit by bit, they are encroaching on our shores and making our islands grow thin.、Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe the main island where you guys are living is not submerged. But I think, according to a research I did, they're saying two of your islands actually have been submerged. Is it true?、Okay. Maybe they they mean those are islands that are not、uh, inhabited. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. There's no inhabitants. Maybe they are、yeah. submerged already. Yes. What about in your hometown? Is it affected by sea level rise? Do you know any people who have already lost their lands? Please share us how they are coping with this. Yes, in South Sarawak, that's a problem because、uh, there's a lot of population. Nearly half of the population in Kiribati live in Sarawak, the capital of、uh, Kiribati,、eh? the, the main island in Kiribati, because there are a lot of people. They dig sand, make the the erosion more a problem to our island. Are you worried that the continuing sea level rise are going to take over your home? Yes, that's the main problem. Knowing that being discussed by the locals and the governments, because yes, we are seeing the the impact of climate change now. The the erosion is getting eating our islands,、eh? and yes, if the climate change are、uh, get worse. Then probably, but maybe not not in our lifetime. Maybe our next generation will face it. We don't know. But it's close, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and beyond the rise of sea levels, what other climate challenges is Kiribati grappling with? And I heard that there is an increase of storms. Is it happening? Yes, yes, yes. That, that's true. Because all all of these things are we blame on climate change. So the weather pattern changed. So we get more storms, we get more, you know, the tide. Yeah, the tide are getting more higher.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. That means it's more dangerous for residents. Sure. Yeah. Every time that if the the tide is 
will be worse than the, our MITS office, the meteorological office in Gilbert's will give in advanced information to the people that they, they, they should get ready for their homes, especially those who are living by the sea, yeah, that there will be storm surges because of the, the storm or because of high tide, yeah, yeah. extreme high tide. Yeah. Uh, we know that climate change is actually impacting the ecosystems of Kiribati as well. Increased storms, like you said, the high tides and the warming of the oceans have damaged most of the coral reefs surrounding Kiribati. Coral bleaching causes loss of biodiversity. Mm-hmm. Baro, please give us more details. Yes, uh, sorry, I'm not quite uh, aware of the coral bleaching, but I understand it will be a problem because uh, I know corals, they cannot uh, live in high temperatures for long. If the temperature in Kiribati uh, keeps on uh, very hot, eh? very hot, then the corals will die, and that is coral bleaching. And you know, we depend on the fish, our island depends on fish uh, for our food. Eh? So if there's a uh, coral bleaching affected all the reefs in Kiribati, then we should understand that many fish will die out. So it will be a problem. And I understand also that uh, our Ministry of uh, Fisheries and Marine, they are still investigating on that, and I know that they will act. Yeah, uh, you've been talking about you know fish uh, fishing, this impact mm-hmm. on fish, and we know that Kiribati's economy actually relies on fishing. Is it also coconut exports mm-hmm. and tourism? And do you think they are all threatened by sea level rise? And can you elaborate on these matters? Yes, of course. The uh, as I said before, our islands are only two meters, one meters or two meters above sea level. So when the high tide affected our waterlands because we have a very vulnerable waterlands because our islands are very small. Then the trees will will, will die, will die because of the sea. Yeah? And you know, trees cannot uh, survive with sea, most uh, salinity in, in the ground. Yeah? So yes, if the coconut trees die, then we have no copper. And that's one of our main resource, copper. Yeah. Kiribati is only two meters above sea level. And regarding to the climate adaptation efforts, I know the government has initiated some measures, such as relocation, island elevation you know, to make it higher, mm-hmm. and also storm wall constructions. How do you evaluate those efforts? Oh, yes. Uh, for the first one, the relocation. For now, our people don't want to go to another country or to relocate. And what we are doing now, the government is doing, is uh, adaptation and, uh, I mean, survivability. We don't want to leave the country. Many of the, the people in Kiribati don't want to relocate. Of course, we have uh, boats land in Fiji, but maybe that's for only growing fruit uh, for food security. Eh? But no, we, maybe later, but at the moment, the government is not uh, encouraging people to leave because of the climate change. No. We don't believe in that at the moment. So that is a relocation, eh? Mm. Of course, I understand because it's your homeland. You sure, don't want yeah. to leave it. No, 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 yeah. Now it comes to the protection, <clears throat> right? Like, what about the elevation? Of course, our island, we can't, we can't uh, elevate our islands. We can only build seawalls to prevent the coastal erosion, eh? The waves and the, the storm, storm surges. I think those are the only things that we can probably do right now to stop the coastal erosion and 
It is happening. So actually, the government is building those walls now in some parts of the island. It's at the moment, those people who live by the sea, they can ask for government assistance. But I don't know how many have received such assistance. But it's their own expense if they want to build their seawall. Yeah. But the, the government, I know they, they build seawalls where public interests are affected, like the road. If the road is, is going to be eroded soon, they will build seawalls or those are big sandbags to prevent the, the, the road from uh, destroyed by erosion. Mm. So I think based on your answers up till now, uh, I think maybe you think the building construction of the storm walls actually is the viable way to solve the problem, is it? Or do you have any other solutions and approaches to solve the problem? I think I cannot think for other ways other than the building walls. Yeah, right now. Mm. Right now. Or maybe, you know, we have to do try our best to reduce the impact of climate change. Sure, yep. And uh, what are local communities doing to mitigate the climate change? I know some community-based organizations in Kiribati are replanting mangrove trees along the coastal lines of Kiribati Islands to curb coastal erosion and storm surges. Yes, of course, the, our communities cannot do much on their own. Only the NGOs, if they ask people to come with them and build chrome mangroves, then they will come. But on their own, it will be hard for them because they need assistance, they need money for transportation to those areas that need uh, to grow mangroves and all those things. So, yes, governments and NGOs will, will always uh, need assistance from those uh, bodies. Eh? Mm. We know Kiribati is one of the world's smallest greenhouse gas emitters. However, it is one of the countries that will be most affected by climate change. What actions do you expect from major carbon emitters in the international community to reduce the impact of climate change? Because we have heard our governments asking those uh, biggest emitters of our greenhouse gases, and they ask them to stop or to reduce the production, the pro producing those gas. So what else can I say now? I just ask them to please remember the, the small islands, uh, please uh, minimize or stop the producing that uh, gas. I know that it's important for them, eh? because it's uh, for their production and for their export and whatever. But they have to think about uh, those poor countries who have no contribution to, or very little contribution to gas em emitting greenhouse gases. So I will ask them to, to consider ourselves so we can live in this world until when. Yeah? We don't want to, to relocate or to see our island submerged. Yeah. From your personal perspectives, what messages would you like to convey to individuals and organizations and countries to encourage collective efforts in addressing the pressing issue of climate change? I know that the world is meeting on those issues. Eh? And the one, one meeting I, I know is the Paris Agreement, the COP. And there is another COP in November, yeah, 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 that's a COP28. I will ask the leaders and organizations that will attend, time for talking is, uh, is finished. They should work now. They should work to, to protect our planet, to stop uh, climate change. Maybe they will 
sign another agreement or whatever, whatever. But I think talking and signing is should should stop now. They should act now. Yeah. So I I I I think COP28 will be more favorable to us in the Pacific Islands as low-lying islands like Kiribati. That was Uratan Bauro, a journalist with Kiribati's Taukera newspaper. Climate Watch is CGTN Radio's new podcast focusing on the impact of climate change. We have conversations with people on the front line about this critical issue. Listen to Climate Watch on all major podcast platforms and join us in taking action to save the planet we call home. Let's now follow Liu Kun to catch up with the latest climate developments across the globe. Flash floods triggered by heavy rains have killed at least 40 in India. 100 are still missing, including 23 soldiers. The floods began after heavy rains caused a glacial lake to burst its banks. Around 3,000 people have evacuated homes on the Spanish island of Tenerife due to a raging wildfire. Unseasonal hot weather plus strong winds have reignited a wildfire that originally began on August 15th. Zambia has launched an online platform for climate change action. The platform provides timely and evidence-based information for researchers, policymakers and planners for climate action. Experts have warned of increasing wildfire risk in New Zealand this summer, as El Nino is expected to bring more windy, hot and dry weather conditions. A UN report says about 20,000 children were forced from their homes every day between 2016 and 2021 due to the impacts of storms, floods, fires and other extreme weather worsened by climate change. New data shows that last month was hottest September, putting 2023 on track to become the hottest year in recorded history. A study says that climate change has emerged as a major driver of amphibian declines globally. The findings say at least 37 amphibian species have become extinct since 1980, with disease and habitat loss being the main culprits. That's all we have for this edition of Climate Watch. To listen to this episode again and to catch up on our previous episodes, you can search Climate Watch on major podcast platforms or visit our website, radio.cgtn.com. Climate Watch is brought to you by CGTN Radio. Our producer is me, Gao Junya. Our executive producer is Holly Mei. Liu Kun brings us the latest climate developments for this episode. Thank you for listening. Bye for now.